I mean, no one is on social media like to be sold to, right. which I think a lot of people forget because they're so focused on like wanting to sell their thing. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Before we jump into the podcast, this episode is sponsored by my brand new $7 offer. It's a comprehensive list of digital marketing tools. Why? So you can look smart, so you can offer the best marketing services, so you can come to the table knowing what the latest and greatest tools are, and you can run your business efficiently. It's going to make you smart, it's going to make you feel confident, and it's all in one place and you can reference it anytime. We have the tools divided by my recommended tech stack for virtual assistants. We have business tools, AI tools, marketing tools, email, websites, SEO, social media, audio and video, and graphic design. If you've ever looked at how someone else is doing it and wondered how they did it, I have that tool. I have that tool. I've been collecting them for years. They're all in one spot. Go grab it now in the show notes. Back to the podcast. Hey, 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 welcome back to the show. I am your host, Emily Reagan. I am so honored to have you here on our content marketing podcasting series. If you're new to me, go check out some of the episodes just before this one. We dive into customer insights, being a content manager, and we are starting to go into different platforms so you can understand the content and the strategy that goes behind some of the marketing work we do. Now, I work with and train digital marketing assistants. This is a souped-up virtual assistant well beyond admin land who is helping with the marketing services. We're talking email, SEO, blogging, podcasting, YouTube, Pinterest, TikTok, all of that, all of that. And so today we are talking about Instagram and really the core pieces of content you need, which apply to all of the platforms, even TikTok. My guest today is Sydney O'Brien. She's an Instagram strategist and military spouse. She's also a mom of three and her kids are pretty young. And I just think her story is so cool. We met on a summit I love that she's a fellow military spouse. She's actually not that far from me, so hopefully we meet up. And I said, come on the show, talk about this content that we're supposed to be creating, because I know what it's like. I talk to you, some of you in the DMs, when you're first starting as a social media manager or even a social media assistant, and you're thinking, what do I post for my clients? Now, we talk about this in the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, but there's always this next level to strive for and achieve for. And when you find your brain thinking this, that's a good sign you care and you're doing well. And I just had a conversation with someone and she was very nervous about it. I was like, look, marketing is about testing. You don't know and you can't promise results, so you just do the best you can. And the fact that you're listening to this podcast, the fact that you care, that you want to do well and serve your clients speaks volumes, already puts you at the top of your class, the cream of the crop, all of that. Today, we're talking about the types of content to post, but here's what most people are doing wrong, and even I did this, oh my God, back when I used to do an MLM used to sell Rodan and Fields and Mary Gay, and it would be like promotional posts, buy this, buy this thing, buy it now. And that just doesn't work. It especially doesn't work this year in 2023. 
You know, we need more storytelling. I've got episodes on that. We need more conversion copy. I have episodes on that. But we also need a mix of posts because if you just keep posting the same thing every day, it becomes very forgettable. And I will tell you, you know that talking head reel that's real popular right now where people put their captions and there's like a lot of jump cuts? Even those are boring me. I'm even scrolling past those. I think it is so critical to pattern interrupt and change things, but you can stay on brand, you can stay on message, you can still call in your ideal clients, but it can't be the same thing every day. And I even think the same type of content. The good news is we're starting in with social. We're talking this week with Sydney. Next week, we're going to dive more into social. We're going to even get into reels. We're going to get into communities and how all of this relates. Like The next four episodes are so good, so don't go anywhere. So glad you joined me here. If you are finding this podcast helpful, please, would you give me a five-star rating? I could use the bump in the reviews, puts my podcast on the map, helps me book better guests, gets me more downloads, and I can book even more guests. I would love that. And if you could share it with a friend who's thinking about doing this kind of work even better. Here's the thing about social. It is such an easy way to get your foot in the door, even if you're not creating all the content from scratch. I think this episode is really going to help you get a leg up, Get the courage to go all in, stop overthinking, and stop feeling like you aren't qualified. Here's the thing. There's always someone who knows it better than you. I actually just met up with Maya Nicole at the Kajabi conference. She has 250,000 followers on Instagram. She's making 100,000 a month from her membership. Was I intimidated by this 20-year-old? Yes. No, not really. She was super cool. But it's so interesting. There's always somebody who knows it better, and you just kind of have to be okay with that. And I'm open to conversations. I'm open to going into my clients' businesses and trying different things and just reporting back to them because every business is different. And what people want is a thinker. They want you to come in and help them with their content, shine a light on their own business, extract what's useful, know what's right for each platform and how those audiences are different. So you don't have to do it all. You don't have to be an expert in all of it. But gone are the days where you just do the minimal posting and that's it. AI is replacing us, honey. AI is replacing those people. So kudos to you for listening. With Sydney, we're going to talk about her boundaries. We're going to talk about what her work looks like, what her favorite tools are, how this business has changed her life. And then you're going to get the four types of content you need to be creating for yourself, of course, but also for your clients. She's a really good freebie for you to take the social media content and put it into a strategy to help your clients launch and make money, which is where the money is for you. Let's dive into the interview. Here we go. Hey, Sydney, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here talking about what we could post on Instagram for our clients. Tell everyone hello and a little bit about you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm an Instagram strategist. I started Well, first, I was a stay-at-home mom for a few years, and my husband's in the Air Force, and when he was deployed, I honestly got kind of bored and wanted more something to have for myself that wasn't so focused on my kids. This opportunity to do my sister's social media content for her coaching business just kind of fell into my lap, and I learned more about it and created my own business from it, and it's pretty awesome. I really like being able to fit my work into my life so I can still, I still get to stay home with my kids, but I get to work like the hours I want and the flexibility being a military spouse with all the moving, it's very nice too. 
Oh my gosh, we have such like a similar story, which is one of the reasons I wanted you here on the podcast. But let's back up a little bit. What did you do before children? Did you study? Did you go to school? Did you do another job? Like what was life like before kids? Before kids, I I went to school. I went to University of New Hampshire. I studied English, just in general English, no like specific journalism or anything. And then I did AmeriCorps. I don't know if you're familiar. It's kind of like the Peace Corps, but you stay in the States. So I went to Charleston, South Carolina, and worked in an elementary school there helping kids with literacy. I met my husband because he was stationed there and got married, had kids. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. We had a AmeriCorps person. Um, my last full-time job, I was in a nonprofit as a communications director. And we had an AmeriCorps young 20-year-old in our office who was helping. We were doing like arts education in Oklahoma City. And we were stationed at Tinker at the time, but it's kind of it was kind of fun learning about AmeriCorps. And I didn't even know that was an option when I was in college. Yeah, I learned about it. I don't think I did it until like a year or two after I graduated, someone randomly mentioned it and I was like, oh, what a cool opportunity. Like go somewhere new, do new things. Yeah. yeah. So you met your husband, I guess he was stationed at Shaw. Okay. Tell me why you picked English. I'm always curious about the, the degrees and the majors we choose because I was very much stressed over my major. Everyone's like, you're going to change it a million times. And I never did. But why English? Did you always have a knack for writing? More so reading, honestly. I was always like a super avid reader. Like I have an older sister. She's two years ahead of me. And whenever she was done reading a book, like for school, I would always take it and read it myself. So I was always like ahead of the game with reading. And it just felt kind of natural. I initially wanted to go into publishing, potentially writing. Like in college, I was an editor for like campus magazines and things. And it was fun. But I don't know. I did an internship and it just like wasn't quite what I wanted. It wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. So, I mean, I still read like recreationally for fun, which is all I really need. And now I get to like write for work with like captions and blogs and things. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. Tell me, what are you reading right now? Are you reading fiction or nonfiction? Currently reading like all the nonfiction, <laughs> a lot of like boring parenting and like homeschooling related things. I can relate to that. I have like a stack of business books. Like it's all on my end table, a stack of business books. I have a lot of fiction right now, but I'm currently reading David Sedaris, his new book, which is actually not that funny. (laughs) I'm like used to a little bit more funny from him. Kind of like serious. I'm like, oh wait, okay, this isn't quite what I thought, but I like his style. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about how you fell into this social media job. I'm always curious, like what gave you the like ability, the mindset to just go for it? Because it sounds like you didn't do social media before your sister asked you. I've always used it because it's like a great way to keep in touch with people when you're moving around and like, especially like sharing updates on kids and things with family members and people you met at like previous bases. My husband was deployed and I was staying. I had three kids. It was like in COVID. I had a one-year-old, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And I didn't know anyone at the, where we were stationed. So those six months I went and stayed with my parents, with the kids. So I had some support and uh, my sister lived nearby. She was starting out as like a wellness coach, making like nutrition plans for people. And she was gaining a lot of traction and wanted to take on social media. And I was like, Hey, I'll do social media if you make me some like meal plans and stuff. (laughs) And she's like, okay. And it kind of just started. We grew like her account quite a bit. 
got some clients, started a course, and then I was feeling pretty great about it. So I took like some online courses on social media and like digital marketing and all the things and started my own business and got some more management clients. That's so awesome. So tell me, did these courses that you took, like, did you learn from it? Or was it more like a confidence booster? Like, what did you get out of taking these courses? Because it's so fascinating. Because I think about Emily in 2009, when this was all, and I was like going into freelancing, and like, this wasn't a thing. And I didn't know that a course, what it was capable of doing for me, you know what I mean? So like, how, like, what did you get out of it? I learned a lot about like the strategy and the intention behind like certain posts and the different like features of social media. Cause I, I started out just posting like random promotional things with no like real intention other than like get the leads, get the sales. So it was more focused on like creating the community you need, building the like, like no trust factors, using every single feature of Instagram to like for its specific purpose to grow your account and grow your leads and email list and all of that. Oh, good. And when you know the strategy is pretty cool because you can go apply it for different clients, different businesses, like they all have like different strategies and marketing plans that they're trying to accomplish. So that's awesome because I think when I first was playing on social my very first retainer client asked me to do Facebook and it was 2009. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'm doing a little bit for my work and, you know, different kind of marketing, but, you know, social media was still pretty new as far as like for business. And I look back at some of those first posts I made and (laughs) it's kind of like cringeworthy. It's like, buy the thing, buy the thing. And then you learn that it's just so much deeper than that. And people will like, you know, turn you off if you consistently do that. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, no one is on social media like to be sold to, right. which I think a lot of people forget because they're so focused on like wanting to sell their thing. Yes. So how long have you been in business now? Like a year and a half. It's amazing. What does your business look like now? How many clients do you have and how is it set up? I have five clients right now and I'm also kind of transitioning more into creating like personalized strategies and guides for other people to help run like their own social media, teach them how to do it, which has been a lot of fun and like super fulfilling, like being able to see other people have those aha moments and like learn to do it on their own. Yeah. Cause it's such in your head to have to put yourself out there, like wondering what to say, which is why we have you here on the podcast to talk about four different types of content that we should be posting and sharing. But yeah, I see that with small business owners all the time. And they don't have the time, right? They don't have the time. Oh, to sure. Yeah. The time issue is like so real for small business owners. Yes, it is. It's so easy to get distracted by it as well, right? Yeah. Like in the back. Yeah. I, I do that. I'm like, oh, I need to stop playing. I'm like having too much fun over here. I need to get some real work done. <laughs> yeah. Like you're scrolling for like reels, trends, like, and then you're just like immediately sucked in. And an hour later, you're like still yeah. <laughs> trying an audio and the light bulbs are firing but yet you don't have time to implement all of it so I just do better on the fly I'll tell you I'm like on the fly girl except when it comes to my launches and then I'm a little bit more planned out but I want to get better but right now I'm doing my own social but I know this is one of the things that our digital marketing assistants start off with is helping post and schedule they're not necessarily writing they're not necessarily like creating the content but like the next step is to 
start taking the reins and start taking the lead. And I can remember the first time I posted, I had a really big client and I took over her social. It was like a huge, like 300,000 people on Facebook. And the first time I like posted something, I was just like, oh my God, like, is she going to hate this? Is she going to love this? Is it going to work? And then there is just so much pressure, right? Because you want your posts to do better and better and better, you know, and it's, they don't all do that. They don't all hit, like you have to be in test mode too. And so I kind of wish I could go back to Emily back then and just be like, it's cool. Just try and like set expectations with your client. But it was hard. I feel like I see the most complaints from business owners about, no offense, their social media person. They're like, that's not my voice. Or, you know, they either like want to be all hands on and they have a hard time letting go or like they want nothing to do with it and then give us like no content, right? (laughs) Yeah, there is no in between. It's like, I've definitely experienced that too. It's all or nothing. I think that's why I haven't hired it out yet. I would be the like overbearing micromanager. I already know I would. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to get to a place where I don't do that and like set my personal yeah. success. So what kind of clients do you have now? Are they more coaches like your sister or who else do you work with? For management, it's kind of all over the place. Like I still work with my sister. I do law offices, real estate agent, a dentist office, service providers, okay. like type businesses. Do you have like anyone local with you now? No, they are all out of state, honestly. Which is awesome as a military spouse because you're just going to be. Yeah, it's like so handy. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask you, like, what have you learned in the last year and a half of your business and like doing this kind of work? I think as like a business owner, out kind of outside from social media, setting boundaries with clients is like beyond important. Like, time boundaries, like managing at those expectations of like when you're going to respond and what to expect as far as what work is going to be delivered, just laying it out to begin with is so important. Did you learn that the hard way? Yes, I did. (laughs) Can you tell us a story about that? I had a client who would just like, we weren't a super good fit. We had very different communication styles and expectations. And I, I realized like part of it was I didn't talk about that and explain it up front. And I should have because this for me, like my priority is fitting this into my life with my kids. This isn't like my number one thing. And so I'm not going to respond right away all the time. I'll do it like in a few hours, but it's never going to be super immediate. And the person was expecting everything to be like super immediate like everything was so important it had to be taken care of right away so I should have made that more clear and that is one of the drawbacks to social media services it's like it's kind of this ongoing never-ending always public but your client has to learn to trust you let it go like batch it Yes. Batching is my favorite for that reason. So I can like just do it all at once. I always like get approval ahead of time for like at least a couple weeks of content in advance. So it's like all set to go and I don't have to like be on that time crunch and I can like do other things. Oh gosh, that's so smart. And I tell that to our unicorns too. Like don't just say, oh, I'll start tomorrow. Like give yourself that buffer time because they have to approve like it's their business they need to be a part of it and how you start off is everything and then they're going to expect that from the get-go right so I love that okay I have a couple of social media questions for you first of all what's your favorite scheduling tool I really like Metricool 
it's kind of like a smaller one, but I really love the like monthly reporting feature of it because you get so much information from your insights and like it's so helpful for being able to like repurpose content or like tweak things so certain content topics can do like better next time. So yeah, Metricool for sure. Okay. And do you pay for that or do your clients pay for it? Um, I pay for it. Okay, cool. I actually haven't used it yet. It's on my radar to check out. So I've played with a lot of different ones, like Smarter Q, Planly, Later, like all of it. And there's just so many options. <laughs> there are so many. And I think Metrical is one of the more like cost effective ones too, which is also nice. But I think that like reporting feature is my favorite. Yeah. I used to like Later for their stats and then they increased their rates and decreased this analytic ability. At least last time I checked and I was very stubborn about it. So I was like, cancel. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really using it as much as I should, but I love the stats. And then they took yeah. that away and I was kind of like, all right, I'm done with you. So that's why I am on the hunt for a new one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When you work with your clients, I'm kind of curious, you know, you said you batch, you work ahead. How do you package your services? Yeah, I do different packages based on how many like posts and like reels per month they want. So I have one that's like two posts a week, one that's like three posts a week plus stories. And then there's one that's four or five posts a week with stories and then like an hour of engagement every day. That's like your top two, right? Yes. What's your like favorite type of post to make right now? I really like carousels and even just like the single image posts because the watch time on them is so good because it's usually like a quote or a meme or something and people spend longer reading it. So they get a lot of views. It gets a lot of reach. And if it's like super relatable to your target audience, it can also get a lot of shares, which is good for your growth. Oh, cool. So do you mean like a reel with like a B-roll? Is that what you mean by that? A single image post or? No, just like a literal single photo with like a quote or anything, not even a reel, just like a static one image. How does it get watch time? Now I'm confused. It still gets watch time if it's not a reel. It's like Instagram will still track how much time someone spends reading it, like reading the post and then the caption. Okay, Okay. for some reason I just translated that into video. Okay, I get what you mean. Like, yeah, they spend more time stopped reading. Okay, smart. Hey, I'm going to stop right there and interrupt you. If you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking, yes, I want clients that will value me. I want to be involved in writing projects and marketing projects. If you are a marketing freelancer or marketing assistant, I'd love to have you in the work group. Our enrollment window is open right now for a short time. So get your applications in. This is a community where we have job leads, networking, advanced trainings, and the community and the support and referrals you need to hit your business goals. We'd love to have you. Use the link in the show notes to apply or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash workgroup. All right, back to the show. What I really want to know, you know, so many of us choose this type of work for the lifestyle, like you and I both, military spouses, like our kids come first, like our husbands are constantly deploying and leaving us and we need to be able to be like the default parent and, you know, be home to pick them up from the school bus or school. So what is your work? week really like? Like how many hours are you doing? Like I have so many people in my inbox just saying like, wondering if this is right for them and the life they want. And I just think it's so interesting how 
this type of work is different for everyone. Some people can do the 60-hour work week. Like I know people who are well on their way to burnout, but they're like cashing in. Other people do like one client. So with five clients, what's your week like? I usually work like two to three hours a day, like four or five days a week, depending on like what's going on. It's working out really well. I get to time it like either during the kids like scheduled screen time or just like get some stuff done after they go to bed. Oh, yes. I call that the cracks of mom time. So for a while there, I had I started heavy with Pinterest marketing and I had maybe 10 Pinterest clients and a child who didn't nap very well. <laughs> and I was like working early morning, playtime, lunchtime, because sometimes Pinterest I could do in 20 minute chunks. So I probably wouldn't advise people to do this now, but I did a lot of TV, like watching TV, doing my work in the evenings and from the couch and Saturday and Sunday mornings. But it like got my business going. So by the time my kindergartner started kindergarten or, you know, she went to daycare eventually, but my business is ready to like just go. Like I had done the work to get it going and gotten the results. So do you see that changing for you or like when all your kids are in school? I don't know because we actually homeschool. So there's no like... Yeah, they're like really good about like independent play and being on their own, especially for their ages. And we kind of have like this indoor playground in our house with like we hung up like a swing and they just have like a million toys. So they're pretty they're pretty much set. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. I didn't realize that. How old are they? Two, four and five. Okay, so yeah, they're pretty young still. Yeah, I can remember when mine were that age, I would be buying new toys like all of the time. I'm like, I've got this new animal barn and my husband didn't get it. I'm like, this is going to buy me an hour of time. (laughs) Like they're going to be so enthralled with the cows in the the tractor and then I'm going to put it away. And the next time I need to work, I'll bring it back down. I'll be like, oh, a new toy. So I probably spent way too much of my own paycheck on toys (laughs) to occupy my kids back in the day. Like rotating toys is super helpful for that. Like every few weeks bring out an, an old toy they haven't seen in a while. And they're just like, infatuated. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're turning into tips for moms who work from home. Yes. (laughs) I also went to the indoor play places a lot. When they were at the age, I didn't have to watch them, but you know, I kept having babies. So it was hard because they would just wear themselves out for a solid two hours. I could get some good stuff done during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one of the reasons we wanted to talk today is we're doing this podcasting content series and teaching Mainly everyone who listens to this podcast are freelancers, they're in our work group, they're marketing assistants, and sometimes they're niche down. Like we have social media managers too. But what we wanted to talk about was four types of content that we should be creating for our clients. Because I think it's so hard when you don't know somebody's business, but you need to, like the strategies you were talking about, you need to be able to like pull it together and, you know, hit the ground running with them, right? And really impress them. And it's not just about posting like, buy this, buy this, right? So what do you have for us today here on the podcast about the content we should be posting on Instagram? Yeah, so it basically, I always break it out into four like general types of content. There's educational, entertaining, inspirational, and promotional. Educational would be like the things that kind of show your client's authority and like build the trust with their audience and create that community that you need to like turn the followers into clients or customers. And those posts are gonna be like answering frequently asked questions, 
doing little how-tos or like behind the scenes of how that business runs, things like that. And then entertaining would be like memes and trending reels, taking your clients, their target audiences, like pain points and making like a kind of joke about it is what I do a lot. My target audience on Instagram is like moms. So I can do all the parenting jokes, like staying home with kids, like trying to get work done when kids are around, like so many memes from that inspirational i mean that's kind of self-explanatory it's content that's inspiring <laughs> but it could be like quotes or affirmations you could do like testimonials or reviews things like that and then promotional also self-explanatory those are like the buy now buy this things but no one really likes being sold to so you want to do it more like pain point marketing or telling a story like a client or customer success story, you know, highlighting the transformation that your client's offer brings for their target audience. And typically, and this is like super general, I do like 20% promotional and then 26 to 27% for the other categories to kind of build that brand awareness and build that community. So when you do have an offer or promotional thing, they're like ready to buy. Yeah. So they're paying attention. Like the fire is stoked. And okay, yes. that was the question I was going to ask you. Like, what is the breakdown on that too? Can you give me an example, like with one of your clients, what like a piece of content would be for each one of these? Like if you're thinking about like maybe, I don't know, your sister or the dentist. <laughs> so like educational. So my sister is a wellness coach. She's like a nutritionist specifically for a uh, woman with autoimmune diseases. So educational for her would be like maybe a carousel or a reel that's like five anti-inflammatory foods you need to incorporate into your diet to reduce flare-ups or something. Entertaining would be, you know, similar, probably making light of a pain point for them, which would be, you know, like the flare-ups or brain fog, like something silly about like doing something silly when you're fatigued or something like that inspirational any kind of like quote or affirmation to that speaks to them that would be you know commenting on like being an autoimmune warrior and not like a victim something like that and those are also like super shareable which is great for growing your account good idea um, yeah i like how you said testimonials in this spot too because then people can see the success others have had the transformation others have had and like believe in themselves so yeah, a good spot for that too. And then when someone, a client is in like a super promotional period, like say they have a launch coming up or like a new, I don't know, some kind of promotion. I also like to turn those other things, those other types of posts into promotional posts. Like educational would be going using my sister as an example again, could be something like five ways to get rid of brain fog or like reduce your chronic fatigue and then the last like the fifth way could be like join my course or join this membership and then the caption could be like a story like a success story from a client or you could just have like a success story from a client as a post which is kind of inspirational but also promotional so it's not super in your face like buy this thing but you're laying the groundwork and like giving them the reason Oh, I like that. And it's a really good for like seating that you have an offer, yeah. right? So they're prepared yeah. that it's coming, like that's available. I know for me, I get tired of talking about my own stuff all the time, but it's amazing how many people don't know what I do. 
and what my courses are. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I I can find little ways to like tuck it in there and not feel like slimy about it because I have given value. So that's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of launches, you have a freebie for us to help us create launch content, which I'm so stinking excited about because a lot of my freelancers are asking, like, how can I add projects into my retainer packages and my ongoing clients? And I feel like anytime you can get involved in like a launch event and then it's like in and out and then you get results or maybe it's like they only need support in the short term. When is that? It's during launches and promotional sessions, right? When we have like extra work and we can't always like keep up with it. And so I love that you had this. I was so excited to tell everyone about your freebie and where we can get it. Sure. So it is called how to create your launch post in one hour. It's a five step strategy of how to like map out all the posts you need. And it's not even just posts, honestly, it goes over like engagement and stories, all the things social media related leading up to the launch, the open cart period and after. And then there's also three weeks of content templates in there that are kind of like a plug and play for your client. You just kind of insert their audience pain points and all of that stuff in there. And it's on my website, which is at sociallyyours.biz slash launch guide. Oh my gosh, this is so good. So why did you create this? Were you having a lot of clients like having problems with this or like what happened? Yeah, it kind of goes back just seeing people just wanting to do the super promotional things. And this kind of goes over like, you know, building like the hype around it and like seeding it with those like educational kind of posts as well. So I thought I would just lay it out there. And I know that uh, lots of small business owners, like launching something is super hard. There's so much going on behind the scenes that like you wouldn't even think about. And so this is just like a great way to take at least one little thing off your plate. Yeah. So I encourage anyone listening to grab that and then you can help your clients launch too. The reason why I love this is then you get credit for results. Like your client is everyone's asking me like, how do I get higher caliber clients? Like, how do I find the high end clients? Like you've got to get results and prove your reputation. And so you have to do scary things like help with launches when you don't know what the results are going to be. So I love that you have this template for us so we can kind of step into a power position, kind of fake it till we make it a little bit, but it's still like the social media strategies that like are tried and true. It's just in this container. Yeah. What do you see yeah. like the biggest mistake people do in launches? Obviously, we talked about the buy me now content. But is there anything else you see? I think, you know, not using like outbound engagement enough. It's like such a great way and underused to like grow your audience. But also if you can leave those like helpful tips on other accounts where like your target audience hangs out, you kind of get yourself out there and you can mention like your offer as well. As, as long as you do it in a genuine way, like you don't want to spam people or anything, yeah. but uh, yeah, it, it can be super helpful. Tell everyone what you mean by outbound engagement. Oh, so finding other accounts, not even necessarily people that might be your client's target audience, but even if there's like an account that, a target audience would follow if you follow them or add them to your favorites. So they are always showing up in your feed, you liking and commenting on their posts. The people that want to work with your client will see that and see like your client's account information on there and that you're like providing valuable insight and tips and reassurances. So when you do post your offer and your launch information, they'll be, they'll be ready to go. 
Yeah, that would be like me going to a military spouse group and being active and involved over there and commenting there, knowing that my target audience is there. So give us an example of what you would do. I keep using your sister because it's easy, but like, what would you do on behalf of your sister? Like, who would you go comment on? So I'm trying to think of the people that I follow on her account for this, but there are other like kind of like support pages. And I feel like for wellness ones, you have to be super careful because it is such a vulnerable space that you really want to make sure it's not super promotional. You're actually being like genuine and offering valuable insight, not just like, oh, hey, buy my stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, I've been there. I get it. This is, you know, maybe try this. This worked for me type of comments instead. Oh, it's good because we can smell when someone's coming in to like pilfer, pilfer followers or this happens in Facebook groups a lot too, you know? So I always like teach my people like go serve, be active. Don't just like post your shit, (laughs) you know, like be serving. Yeah, you definitely have to think of it as like serving instead of like convincing them to buy something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a question about just as like fellow mom and military spouse mill spouse premier how has your life changed like having your own business like what has changed for you i'm busier for sure but i also really like it like i had a really hard time being like a stay-at-home mom i mean i know i am still at home but there's like such a loss of like identity kind of and like so much of yourself when all you do is parent and with being a military spouse with he's like TDY or deployed or something, I don't get a ton of time to like go hang out with friends or like, you know, have time to myself. So being able to build time in to do something for myself that I find fulfilling is pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. Like there was just something about me that I just needed something for me and yes. needed yeah. to challenge my brain. And I've always you know, done something creatively to express that. And if I can make money doing it, even better, right? Yeah. The money is good, right? It's definitely a perk. <laughs> ah, what do you do? What does your family do with your extra money? It's honestly nice living here because the cost of living is a lot more here than it was like in Nebraska, for sure. So it, it definitely comes in handy. But also it's nice for like, When we do go somewhere new, we like to get out and explore because you don't know how much time you're going to spend there if you're going to go back there, you know, like, so going to like the local museums and like nature centers and kind of experiencing those things is always nice, especially with kids. It's like such a a great, like, educational thing for them. Yeah. And I used to live in your area and I'm just like, oh yeah, how many times did I go to Huntley Meadows or you have so many good free resources in your area too. But where I live, I have to pay for everything unless outdoor, but I'm just thinking like the museums add up, but you're only going to live there once. So you want to experience it and you're going to do a mansion at Maymont because you never know. And then what happens is somebody visits and then they want you to take them there. (laughs) So I like that money for for fun money. I mean, I can remember getting my first steady $200 a month, which is forever ago. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but I signed up for piano lessons. I'm like, I can pay for piano lessons now, you know? And yeah, like like guilt-free, go get my nails done here and there. And just like, not like think twice about it, you know? Yeah. So what advice do you have for a stay-at-home mom like you and me who's thinking about going back into work? Like, what would you tell her? I would say do it 
but uh, definitely do it in a way where your work fits into your life. Make it work for you and not the other way around. Gosh, yes. Because you can, we already have the mental load of a lot being a default parent, you know, and I used to do a lot of PR. And so I would have like interviews at six in the morning because that's when you could get on TV when you had soft news. And I had my baby and my husband's like TBY like every month. And I just remember thinking like, I can't keep this up. I cannot keep this up. I love my job, but who's going to nanny for me at 5 a.m. when I'm trying to do my hair? Like, like I'm not rich either, right? So I love that you said that because I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing people want. My people want is flexibility. Like they want to call shots and the marketing work, as you've shown, as you've shown with your freebie, like you can accordion it out and take on more, can help with a launch, and then you can squeeze it back down when your kids are home for the summer, right? Yep. Yeah, I love that. Like working during school hours too, or what? What did you say? Scheduled screen time. Scheduled screen time, yes. We're very big on like routines in our house. It works well for our kids. So scheduling screen time works for them and for me. It's a win-win. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. This has been so fun. Thank you for sharing all of your tips related to working from the home and also just the content because I know that's a struggle for my people. Where can we connect with you and find you? Obviously on social. Yeah. I am definitely most active on Instagram. It's at socially.yours.strategist. Okay. Awesome. Okay. I have one more question. Where do you see your business going? Like, what do you, what do you see your future? I would love to one day do a course or membership for small business owners to learn to come up with their own strategy and manage their own social media, teach them how to do it. Oh my gosh. It's so needed. Mm -hmm. So needed. Every time I meet a small business owner and they hear what I do, they're like, can you help me? I'm like, I can't. <laughs> There's like not, I mean, they, they need help. They need reliable coaching. They're scared. Oh gosh, you have to do it. I, I badly want to. It's just kind of figuring out the logistics. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah. I love that for you. And I love hearing like the vision. So, okay. All right. Thanks, Sydney. Uh, we will see you over on Instagram. All right. Thank you. hope this podcast shed some light on the four types of Instagram posts that everyone should be making. Your homework right now is why don't you make one of these posts for your own business? I love to have these pinned to the top. If you only have a a three by three, you know, a nine post grid for Instagram, make sure you have one of these showing up. And I know for all of you moms here listening, I hope you found Sydney's story very inspirational. If she can do it with three kids at home and homeschooling, I know you can do it. I know you face the challenges of school drop-offs and extracurricular activities and everywhere in between. But look, you're not alone. This podcast is here to support you, to give you courage, to help you educate and level up your marketing services just one episode at a time. I'm so glad you're here. Can you do me a favor? Tag me on Instagram. Tag Sydney. Let us know that this helped you. Let us know that her story inspired you and you got something out of it. And then I encourage you to listen in next week. We're going to dive more into social media and talk about content repurposing. And the week after, we're getting into my fun sweet spot, Reels. It's going to be so good. If you're doing this work for clients, if you're offering social media, my work group is closed right now, but put your application in. 
We get job openings all the time that need social media help. And if you're listening to this and thinking, I don't want to do social, that's totally cool. No pressure. You still need to understand the strategy, the purpose. You still need to do it at a bare minimum for your own business once you get started. This isn't something you have to do. Sometimes I just tell my clients what they should do, and then I focus on other things. And if they can't show up in their own business on social, like I have no business taking it over either. So permission to let that go. All right, I'll see you next week on Unicorns Unite. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Thank you so much. Okay, and you got podcast virginity. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you need a big high five. Um, What else should I ask you that I haven't?